Ah, 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 ah. I could freestyle every week on that. My name is Josh. I like look like a kid that likes to play squash. <laughs> I grew up playing Oshkosh, but gosh. Use that same rhyme. I always week. wash Tosh. Point oh. <laughs> yeah. What is Tosh? Point oh. It's a show it's on a Comedy Central. Right. Daniel Tosh. I'm down for our intro music, though. I dig it, too. Yeah. Hello and welcome to a Top 10 Sports Podcast. What? <laughs> well, how do you do, Top, top 10? 10. Fendrick, fill us in. What's happened this week? Well, we've been watching the uh, the Sims and Lefko podcast take a meteoric rise up the rankings on the iTunes podcast charts. And as of this morning, the Sims and Lefko podcast is a top 10 podcast. Say what? A top 10 podcast in the sports and recreation category. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's baby. Pretty big, it's a pretty big deal. Hey, and I it get, only took us 81 episodes. 81, 81 episodes. episodes to crack it. That's the magic number, 81. I got on the plane yesterday coming back from L.A. from a Bleacher Report event I had to go to. Yeah. And I sit on the plane, and I'm in first class, big baller, shot caller. And I sit there, and the guy, the guy sitting next to me goes, hey, I mean, I don't mean to be awkward or anything. And he turns his phone over. Stop. Sims and Left Go Podcast. No Has way. it on his phone. Was he listening to he it? He was listening to it. What episode? Uh, I think last was week. Was he all caught up? 80. Uh, yep. He's a dude from Brook, uh, living in Brooklyn. Has something to do with the movie industry. And That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. That is cool. We're out 81. There. James Jones. Sweet James Jones. Cleveland Cavalier. Basketball player, yeah. See him on the on the uh, plane coming back from the he Browns. He does not listen to the podcast. No, he does nothing about oh, the podcast. I thought, that was, I thought that was what? <laughs> he was all in on Bleacher Report. And, you know, sometimes I think, like, basketball players, they don't, they're not all of them are all in on football and being total sports fans. So I'm sitting there looking at him going, oh, there's James Jones. And, you know, of course, I'm a LeBron He's lover. Tall, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm like, oh, man, I, re- I respect him. And now we're getting off the plane. And uh, I kind of put my fist out. I was like, hey, congrats, man. Good luck. And he was like, hey, Chris, yeah, man, I, I like your stuff, man. I like Bleacher Report. Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. So I just, basketball players are all in on world. Bleacher Report. They how, really seem to be. How was your L.A. trip? Fendrick told me that he asked you a question, but so, I haven't heard the answer Yeah, well, yet. first, tell people why we're taping this on a Thursday and not on a Wednesday. Because, I mean, typical Bleacher Report. We have such an important thing to go to in L.A., but we're going to tell you five days before the event. It's very important. All the big leagues want you there, but we figured it so out. So you went to pitch a show. Uh, pitch two shows at Fox Studios. And, yeah, we went up there, pitched these two ideas. Cool event. Uh, certainly shook some hands with these people after. Did all that kind of so stuff. So for the people listening at home, Chris was the Bleacher Report show pony. For, for this event. I was. I was the Bleacher Report show pony, and uh, Brent Barry was the kind of Turner, uh, Turner And then there. what question so, did you so ask So, yeah, him? the question that I asked Chris first when I saw him this morning was, did you say anything borderline or mildly inappropriate in front of all the suits you had to present in front of? Yes. And well, the answer, Chris started off a list, and then I said, you know what? <laughs> Save it for the podcast. Well, I got, I got up there, and I was like, you know, the guys on the team used to love me because I was like one of the few white guys on a Friday with the barber coming in. And I'd go get edged up. And I was like, that's why they called me white chocolate. And, and then how did the crowd react? They all laughed. <laughs> uh, and then we got down and they had like a clock on us. It was supposed to be 20 minutes. So like we're trying to kind of hustle through this presentation. And we got a few big wigs from Turner that want to talk. And I was like, man, we're on the clock. I was like, blue 45, blue 45, <laughs> Omaha, Omaha, hurry up. <laughs> What's amazing about this is, for people that don't realize, that's how a lot of these 
TV networks and stuff pitch shows to get advertising dollars. Yeah, crazy. So I can imagine that there was a lot of boring people that went in front of you, a lot of salespeople, a lot of people going, this is great and this is good. And you go up there talking about white chocolate and blue 42. <laughs> I bet you those people were a little bit bored. Did anyone raise their little paddle to bid on you guys or no? Well, I know we had a lot of people interested in what we were doing. And I know after the, after the fact, I mean, are you burning whatever confidentiality agreement you had to sign before this? No, I didn't oh, okay. have to sign anything. Oh, okay, great. You know me in confidentiality Yeah, it's not, not your forte. Yeah. Uh, they did call me an HR nightmare in front of some of the people there, the Bleacher Report That's people. pretty fair. Very yeah. true. Uh, but um, At this point, it's a point of pride. Right. I mean, come on. That's who I am. Yeah. What? I can't let that go. What's HR? Right. <laughs> you're, not, you're like second on the list, so. I'm I'm getting up there. <laughs> I'm being an idiot. Um, what else did you want to talk about today? I kind of want Josh to run episode 81. First of all, Terrell Owens. Any other ones that are of note? I got nothing. Tory Holt. Was he 81 too? Yes. It's. I was thinking about this uh, this morning. The 80s, it turns into you pick one wide receiver that has that number. It's Jerry Rice. It's Terrell Owens. 84, it's going to be Tor- It's going to be Randy, Randy Moss. Right. Um, and then So we're at 82. We're on 81. Yeah, so Owens, Tory Owens! Owens! I'm trying to think of anybody else. Uh, I can't think of another 81 that jumps out to me. Yeah, that might, those are the either. two great ones. Uh, what else are you going to say? So, yeah, no, I, I was just going to say we had, uh, we had a couple people tweet in and say that episode 81 should be entirely dedicated to Terrell Owens. So T.O. Butterfingers! I don't think we're going to do that because of it's week three of the NFL yeah, season. Yeah, if, if you didn't, if you weren't listening, the Super Bowl special podcast, we had Terrell Owens yeah. come to us on Radio Row, and he was doing sponsorship for Butterfingers, which prompted Sims to look at him and go, man, I'll tell you what, you were great, but you could have had so many more yards because – Honestly, you had Butterfingers. And T.O. was wearing sunglasses, but you saw like his eyebrows raise right. and kind of cock his head. And then Sims tells a story that you've told a lot, which is, I mean, you had 170 yards against us, but if you would have caught a few balls, you would have had like 300. <laughs> right. And which is like, a, it's like, wow, you're amazing, but you could have been even more amazing. But then he acknowledged it. He goes, I did have Butterfingers. He goes, I, that was fair. He yeah. Goes, That's fair. He goes, I just tried to make a lot of plays. T.O. is one of the few people uh, I'll always take away in my life. T.O., Randy Moss, uh, Adrian Peterson, just the first time I stepped on the field with them and the whistle blew, and not that I was on the field, but I was on the sidelines in a lot of those matchups too just as the backup, but they jump out. And you know, I'll never forget seeing them in person. I'll never forget seeing Adrian Peterson run to the left against our good Tennessee Titans defense, stop and turn right and run 30 yards for a touchdown. And I just go, like, holy cow. So, I mean, yeah. those, those are special people. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to touch no, on? No, the big things I wanted to talk about Host were Fendrick. our top 10 ranking, right. which is big news, and asking you about Los Angeles. That was it. Oh, okay. Let's, good, let's go on a wrap. We got uh, no. five minutes till Dan Patrick. I mean, I was, I'm freaking Patrick. tired. I mean, I went Cleveland, Baltimore Sunday. I mean, I left. What you think about that game? Uh, when you got done calling that game. Right, Cleveland's a little better than people are giving them credit for. Now yep. they're going to be screwed without Corey Coleman or Josh McCown. My big or takeaway, their my big takeaway from that game, if you just want to like a little headline grabber, is the Cleveland. You're so pl- well produced. The Cleveland just talking headlines. The Cleveland players have more confidence in Josh McCown than RG three. Okay, and Baltimore was more scared of facing Josh McCown than RG3 as well. Interesting. So those are little interesting nuggets you take. It always comes down to right? that guy. And when you see Terrell Pryor in person, man, he was so cool to talk to. He was the man. Uh, and he, he was just a very real interview. Just no BS. Yeah, who'd you talk to besides Pryor? Uh, Pryor, Joe Hayden, Joe Thomas. 
Hugh Jackson, Ray Orton. I know Orton. that you said that Ray Orton was upset that you even brought up Moneyball. No, uh, Hugh Jackson was. Mm. He goes, I mean, come on, Chris. Chris, you really? And I was like, listen, I, I just got to ask. I was curious. I want to know. And he goes, you really think we're doing Moneyball? And I wanted to be like, yeah, I do. I really do. But <laughs> What I, did you say? I was respectful, and I was like, oh, you know. He's like, you sure. know, that's what people say. Right? And I was just like, I was just curious. I had to ask. And he goes, I, I understand. And I have a pretty good relationship with you, and I think he knows I really like him and respect him as a coach. Uh, but he goes, you know, they're doing a lot of the traditional scouting, but they are doing some formulas to also give them another avenue yes. of discussing players. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about week two. We're sure. not going to do what we did last week where we go through everything. A uh, few of the headlines that I'm just looking over the standings right now. Uh, man, the Patriots are good. Thursday night football that's going on tonight. What? They can't win without Tom Brady. Steelers with a big win over the Bengals. Texans with a big win over the Chiefs. The Jaguars are in trouble. Broncos outlast the Colts. Uh, Giants, Carson Wentz. I, I, so I never want to be too excited, and I find myself to be a very big pragmatist when it comes to the Eagles. I tend to be a little bit more negative than anything. Right, typical Eagles. But I can't be negative at all about Carson you Wentz. You saw the Favre quote, right? Yes. Oh, what did he say? Favre said that on Monday Night Football, Carson Wentz looked like the 10-year veteran, not Jay Cutler. <laughs> Carson Wentz is at a stage where – I'm going to tell this story because I think it matters. When we met Jared Goff, we met him after we met Bosa, after Winston. He didn't make eye contact with us. Uh, He was a kid. He was a 21-year-old kid, which is what you're supposed to do. This was at the rookie premiere. No, that was at the Super Bowl. 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 Rookie premiere was the first time I got to meet Carson Wentz. And he kept walking into rooms and all the players were acting as though a coach had walked into the room. Right. And I'll never forget I'm sitting there with Wendell Smallwood, and we're hanging out in the field, who's a running back for the Eagles. Came from West and I said, what's Carson like? He goes, he's just, he's just a man. And I said, that's the perfect way to describe Carson Wentz. Right. He's the kind of guy that if you, dropped, if you spilled something on your lap, Goff would laugh. And Wentz would kind of get up and be like, oh, man, hold, let me get you something for that. Right, right. He's just so mature. Yeah. And you see it with the way he conducts the offense and is doing audibles. His interviews after the and game. And I'll say this. Someone said this. Uh, I can't remember who tweeted it. The coaching staff for Goff compared to the coaching staff for Wentz. Right. Goff has a defensive-minded head coach, yep. an offensive coordinator that was a tight ends coach, and a quarterback's coach who's only in his second year, Chris Wank. Right. Carson Wentz has Doug Peterson, former NFL quarterback and also offensive coordinator for like six years. Right. He has Frank Wright, former offensive quarterback and offensive coordinator for like six, seven years. Right. And he has John DeFilippo. I don't know if he played quarterback. No, but, but I think he was a quarterback. And he's a and good he offensive, was an offensive mind. coordinator. Right. So and I read this awesome article about Chase Daniel. Right. Chase Daniel, when he got to New Orleans. Drew Brees was there. Right. And Drew Brees says, this is how we do things. Wednesday we do this. Thursday we do this. Friday we do this. And he and Chase Daniel said, I'm going to maintain this my whole career. Right. He goes to Kansas City, and he plans out everything for Alex Smith. Right. So Alex Smith gets in there, and he goes, 8.07, we watch this. 8.30, we do this. Like, 9.06, we're getting a bar, like, right. a, like a, a breakfast bar. Right. And Alex Smith liked it so much because Ch- what Chase did was, if the team's putting in base offense Thursday, we do that Wednesday. Right. If they do red zone Friday, we do that Thursday. So it's yet another guy that's helping out Carson Wentz that knows what it takes to happen, and you're seeing it on the field right now. What are you seeing, Mr. Quarterback? I mean, Carson Wentz has been phenomenal. You can't say enough about Carson Wentz. Big-time talent. We know that. Uh, 
Listen, he's one of the most impressive down-the-field throwers in football through the first two weeks. I mean, every ball he throws plus 20 yards is on the screws. Perfect spiral. Perfect spiral. Hey, the only thing I'll say negative about him is you just got to – come on, some of those hits. What Andrew are you doing? Luck disorder. Come on, man. This yeah. ain't North Dakota State where you can, like, take on the safety anymore. This, these guys are going to knock your head off. In terms of taking on the safety, that's what the Sims Lefko podcast is going to do. We're welcoming back for the second time. Oh, baby. Dan Patrick. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How are we? What's up, Dan? How you doing, man? Doing spectacular. Ready for football. Hey, I mean, uh, are you like, when you get done with your day, which, I mean, you got a lot of responsibilities for NBC and everything, are you like, damn, I got to go on the Sims and Lefko podcast, these <laughs> young punks again? And talk this bull crap with them? Yeah, that was pretty much the exact words I had when I got off, uh, off the show. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but you're such a good guy. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for coming out. Hey, what's been like, let's just dive into you a little bit. What's kind of been your overall, you know, theme, thesis of week two in the NFL or even the first two weeks that's kind of jumped out to you about the NFL, what you've been talking about on the radio, and what's interesting to you? I think our ability to overreact is uh, is amazing, and, and it never ceases to amaze me with the NFL that we are a great overreacting society. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers can't play, and all of a sudden, Carson Wentz is going to camp. So I always tell people it's such a long season that whatever is meant to happen eventually happens as far as talent, how good a team is, teams gelling uh, at certain points of the season. Uh, certain trends that become habits where a team just isn't that good and wasn't meant to be that good. Right. But it's, it's, it's probably the overreaction of somebody's really good or somebody's really bad after two or three weeks. The Dan, this, uh, the one thing I'll say, Dan, just with, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing, if you just want my two cents on this, and I've said this on here before, but, man, they got the worst offense in football. That's where I get concerned with Aaron Rodgers. I can't stand that. The, I've heard the narrative all week, too. Oh, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What do you mean what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? They can barely run the football. I watch the film. Lefko sits here, watches the film. There's nobody ever open, and it's the worst offense or at least one of the five worst offenses in football. You're talking about scheme. Scheme-wise. So, I mean, there's just some bullets for you in case, you know, you just want to plagiarize <laughs> off me. No problem. <laughs> no, I, but it's not like Aaron Rodgers forgot how to play. But I do think we're getting sort of into that pivotal time of Rodgers' career of his legacy. How good is he? How, what are we going to remember about Aaron Rodgers? Right. That you took over for Favre and you did win a Super Bowl, but what else have you done? And what have you done lately for me? Uh, I still love the Packers this year. I, I, I like them a lot more than uh, apparently you do. But I just I think things eventually come together for certain teams. Um, I still think that they can be an elite team. I still think they can be uh, top two or three NFC teams. You might not agree with that. No, I like this, I, I'm, I'm with this you. year as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not counting them out of that because their defense is really good. But – I do think it's going to be a lot of sluggish performances with that Green Bay offense just because of some of the concerns I said. But, I, I'm listen, I am the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club, so uh, <laughs> I am all over him daily. How, much, how many hours a day are you paid to talk at this point? Three hours on the radio show, which is simulcast. So that, that's every day. So then you have Football Night in America where you add another hour or so, hour and a half. 
Uh, so it, it's not it's not as much as you think, but right. it, may, it may feel like that to the listeners. I, or, I think for me it does because those are actually programs that I enjoy watching. I like the the vibe that you always have had on your radio show, and then I think Football Night in America especially because of what some of the other networks have done to their content, I just find it unwatchable. You guys are, in my mind, far and away, and you're adding Tarico to all that. Uh, do you guys feel like you got that good core right now on Sunday nights with with you and Rodney and Tony and Florio and all those guys? Well, I, I wanted to – we have the luxury of doing a post show. The pregame shows, it's tough. I wouldn't want to do a pre-show. I like the post. I like reacting to something that actually happened instead of trying to predict what we think will happen. We have that luxury. But we wanted to have a tone to the show where you're treating the audience like they're knowledgeable football fans. Uh, We're not doing a song and dance or trying to, uh, you know, have you laugh out loud. If there are moments, great. If not, that's not our goal, to add Mike Tirico uh, out where Bob Costas was uh, Florio, Tony Rodney, uh, Chris Collinsworth coming down from the booth, and then you have the game itself with Al and Chris and Michelle. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that they, they did go out to get the people they wanted to put in the right positions, and uh, I was fortunate to have an opportunity to do that. Uh, have you ever wanted to do play-by-play, and have you done play-by-play no. before? I, 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 I appreciate great play-by-play so much that I, I didn't want to do it because there are other people who would do it better. Uh, if that makes sense, it, it, it's like when I left Sports Center, I realized there are other people who should be doing this instead of me. I, I had sort of done everything I could do with it, and I didn't think I was getting any better with play-by-play. I just don't think I could do it justice, understanding how important play-by-play was to me growing up, of listening to great broadcasters and knowing that I couldn't, I just couldn't capture an event like they could, and uh, I sorry. didn't want to do it. I, I mean, uh, you you know me. I mean, I, I love you long time. And, uh, I mean, I grew up with you as far as Sports Center goes. Uh, I, I really do. So I still get excited to talk to you because I do think you're the man. I've always kind of wanted to ask you this, and I don't think I ever have. Uh, when you were in your prime at Sports Center with all your crazy catchphrases, how did you how did you come up with them? I always like I mean, is that something you just kind of fell upon or were you standing in front of the mirror practicing them? Where I just would like to hear the process of where you came back, you know, with just gone and and, and those kind of things. Well, that was uh, Stratomatic baseball. If you've ever heard of Stratomatic and you, it's a dice game and you have cards of individual players and you're playing against somebody and you'd hold your lineup in your hand and roll the dice and if it's a 210 and it's Nate Colbert, it's a home run and it's just you just roll the dice 210 gone. <laughs> and I I, I love the element of brevity when it came to the highlights. So if you struck somebody out, it was just the whiff. The whiff. And, and the whole, and home run was just gone. And I tried to time it where the ball was thrown. You could hear the bat hit the ball on the highlights. And then I said, gone. Right. And, and then I just laid out a little bit and then you throw in some information. If it's uh, Cecil Fielder with his 39th and 122 RBIs and the Tigers take a four, three lead. Then you go to the seventh inning and whatever might happen then. I was just trying to be part. I was trying to compliment something you were watching as opposed to radio where I'd have to give you everything. And you pick your spot to jump in, be quick, say something, get out. Somebody was in fuego if they hit six three-pointers in a row or 
you couldn't you you can't stop Benny DiStefano. You can only hope to contain him after he came off the bench for the Astros and hit a triple. It'd be usually a guy that didn't get to play that much, and right. he sort of had fun that he got an opportunity. Oh, but a lot of it was just you were just having fun with it and trying to compliment. And then we realized people that's how they knew us. So we had a we were labeled. Oh, you got a shtick. And Keith and I wrote everything on Sports Center, and we broke stories, and, 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 and we approached it in a professional manner. We just wanted to have some levity when it came to the highlights. So then we started mocking ourselves by saying, what could we possibly say as a home run call that would make it on the air, and our bosses wouldn't say anything about it? And then we started mocking our bosses with mannerisms or something they would say, and we'd use that in the highlights. So we sort of got off the rails with it. But we realized we were being labeled as, oh, you got to stick with the highlights. Mm. And I, Keith and I didn't want to be known as just that. Right. I, I had a T-shirt. I had a Sports Center T-shirt when I grew up that had all the catchphrases like jumbled on the back, like cooler than the other oh, side yeah. of the pillow yeah. and all that. It was awesome. I didn't uh, get any of those proceeds. No, of course. Which is actually kind of my question. It's been interesting. I read the ESPN book and how our industry has changed to where it went from them resisting their stars on camera because they wanted ESPN to be bigger than anything. And now they're grasping at trying to make them celebrities because now you need you know, to compete with digital. What has it been like to watch the industry go from you are a part of the machine, you're not bigger than this, to no, 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 come up with more catchphrases, be the star? <laughs> well, I... I think it's hard to do Sports Center now because we've seen everything that that can be done with it, starting with Chris Berman. Right. I would not want to do Sports Center now. In uh, the catchphrases and, and, and you know younger, you know people getting in the business thought you had to have a catchphrase to be successful. And I said you got to you got to learn to write. You got to learn to have sources. You, I mean, there's so much more to it than than just that. And I I think that was what the the scary part of this business was is what people thought that it should be or in, instead of what it really was. So that that was a concern I've, I've had since I left the mothership. But there's a lot of good young talent there. I just find that they're trying to reinvent the wheel, and it's, it's really hard to do. I want to wrap this up with one more football question for you, Dan. NFL team right now that you have the most confidence in is which team? I'm going to say the Steelers. I like the Steelers. I like the offense when Le'Veon Bell comes back. I like the wide receivers. They, they tend to find receivers. Mm. Uh, yep. I think Ben is Ben's moved into a pretty elite category. I think he's I think he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. Well uh, and I think I think the defense is uh, good too. I think new defensive philosophy is great, and uh, that's why I like them to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, you the man, DP. That's uh, I got them going to the Super Bowl too. I got them playing the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. So, oh, great minds think alike, Dan Patrick. <laughs> well, well, no, because I have Green Bay playing Pittsburgh. So, well, we'll see on that part. We'll see, but yes, we'll see if their dysfunctional offense can get functional here. Wait, so all right, let me let me just get this right too. We're gonna wrap. I, I want to let you go, but so all right, so Friday you did the radio show. Where'd you do the show from today? Were you in New York, or you'd sometimes do it up in Connecticut, right? 
We do it always in Connecticut, occasionally in New York. We did it in New York on Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Connecticut after that. Okay, that's what confuses me because the one time you did invite me on, I mean, I've invited you on my podcast twice. You've only invited me on once, but it's, <laughs> we were in New York, so I get confused by that. So, okay, so you're 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 living up there in that area too. Uh, we don't have to give us the hometown or anything, but you're living right there by the the studios and everything. Yeah, what are you stalking me or something? Semi, yes. All right. Well, it was left left coke man, but not you. <laughs> awesome. All right, fine. Get out of here, Dan. Thanks for coming right. on, man. You the man. See you, guys. See you, dude. See you, man. I love Dan. He's so man. He's so getting on your knees. Is he going to be what, your what recording were you secretary? What were the... you going to do? Were you going to be like, oh, that's cool? I live in a town two towns over, and you're going to have like no, small I just town was talk. Interested. I really was interested whether. If he lived downtown New York and he's here and then does like, is it Saturday night he goes gotcha. to Connecticut? All I, I know is he either looked at his phone and was like, what's the name of the show again? But the fact that he said Lefko there. That was good. Really I mean, he's good. been yeah. on the show twice, and one of the times he was on was an hour-long special. And I know that the Danettes, I forget who it was, came up to us afterwards like, Dan really had a good time. Yeah, that's what they, they did sell us yeah. though, so that's cool. I, I think Dan is... He's very he's very even keeled, and I actually look. I mean, he's picking out the teams that we think are the best teams. Right. I think Carolina's one, and I think Pittsburgh's two right now right. in terms of the NFL. I do like when someone comes on and they agree with your football opinions because both of you just look at each other and just there's just this nod of acceptance. It's that unbelievable. Right. Well, it's it it really scares me a lot at how often I hear other people's opinions and disagree with them. Right. Um, you know, like when I hear people talk trash about Jay Cutler, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Right. I mean, you know? the only reason they had any offense in the first half of that game was Jay Cutler uh, taking hits off his back foot, making unbelievable throws. We kind of talked about this here. I actually kind of tweeted out on Sunday something that you have said and I have said for a long time. Right. And Mike Freeman tweeted and it got like 200 retweets. Right. I said the biggest fault of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is they make great plays in a crappy offense that keep their coordinators there. And, right. a, lot, and a lot of their fan bases were like, I've been waiting for someone to say this. This is great. All that. Seattle. Ooh, God, that was gross. I'm sorry. Seattle, Green Bay. The burping episode. Do you think both of them overcome this? Because it's happened now for the last two, three years, and life is cyclical, and we go, these offenses stink. Seattle last year, though, turned it on at the end of the year. Yeah, and they were fortunate. I mean, they got the run game going. They played some crappy teams. Do you think that both teams could overcome their lack of offense right now? Uh, no, I don't. Now, listen, when we're saying overcome. Because like, they both have really good defenses. Yes. Can they squeak into the playoffs? Sure. But, but do I see a- them as a threat to like go to the even the NFC Championship? No. No, I'm sorry. Like, if Aaron Rodgers has to play Carolina in the divisional playoff game, they're going to they're gonna lose. There's no chance because also as great as they are on defense, Carolina with their run game and so then the Cam NFC Newton. team teams ahead of them. Would you put the Giants ahead of those two teams mm. right now? I I think it's yes. Would I would definitely put, the, put them ahead of Seattle. Would you put the Vikings in there? Would you put Arizona in there? Yeah, I would put Arizona definitely so above Arizona, Seattle. Arizona, Carolina are both. Carolina, in my opinion, is a notch above the rest of the NFC. I agree. Right now, I agree. They're, when I watched, so I, you haven't watched Carolina, San Francisco. I have not. They are just this. they bludgeon people, right? And you go, you could stop everything, and then Kelvin Benjamin's going to jump over you because he's never looked this good right, before. Right. So I agree. Carolina, Arizona. Who's third in the NFC? Ooh, third in the NFC. I'm just gonna. I'm looking at some teams because I kind of think it's Green Bay. Huh. Unless you're going to go Giants, I just don't think they're there yet. 
And I think it's the Vikings, but without Adrian Peterson, I don't think they're there. No, yeah. I, listen, I, I think the NFC is a little weak. It is weak. I would go with the Giants. I think the Giants beat Green Bay in a head-to-head matchup. I mean, right now, four weeks from now, eight weeks from now. Okay. There's this is actually no a better way to talk about the NFL. Who's number one in the AFC? I have Steelers. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well. I have Broncos. Uh, actually, I'm not going with the Steelers. You're going to go Patriots? Well, I mean, right this week with Jacoby Brissett, yeah, I'm going – I'm yeah. going Steelers. But, but Brady, Gronk. Overall, even Garoppolo. If it was Garoppolo, I'm taking the New England Patriots. They are the best team in the AFC, but the AFC is top-heavy for sure. All right, I'll still put the Steelers ahead of the Patriots yeah. because they're also getting Le'Veon Bell back. Right. So it's not like they don't have— I think of my power rankings, I had Patriots, Steelers, Carolina. So Steelers, Patriots, and then who do you have third? Do you have Broncos third? Yes. Broncos, their defense, people need to stop sleeping on it. It's amazing. It's so much fun to watch. When I turn on the Denver Broncos film— I'm, I know my mouth is open yes. like, like it is with Aaron Rodgers. They uh. just – oh, my gosh. So their D-line has like eight guys that are great. Their linebackers are good. They're and they're getting Shiloh Keough back, that safety, who I know that he's not a big deal, but a lot of teams – the Falcons would kill to have a Shiloh Keough. They don't even need Shiloh Keough. That, if that's you know, how you that's pronounce the other thing. You're right. The other thing, too – the, Man, the AFC is so much better because then you go, ooh, the Bengals are in there, the right. pa- the Jets are in there. They, the, the AFC, in my opinion – has four or five has five teams I think could be competing for the number two spot in the NFC. Right, Patriots, Steelers, Jets. Um, who did I say? Broncos, Bengals, Broncos. Uh, right, because I'm not ready for the Chiefs and the Raiders with that defense. Oh, I'm not definitely. ready for for the Texans. I just don't think they're there yet. Right, um, and then you know. You know, maybe the Jets. Here is my other, maybe the Jets. My other big takeaway from the the week of film that I've watched, and I haven't watched everything, but this is discluding Honey Badger at safety for Arizona because he looks he's gotten better each week in both games, but he's still not back to what he was last year before he got hurt. The two best safeties in football right now, in my opinion, not talking strong safeties, just safeties in general, everything they can do for their team. Devin McCourty and T.J. Ward. They do so much mm. stuff. I'm putting them over Earl Thomas's of the world. That's interesting because I was going to say Harrison Smith. I thought you might say Rashad. Very good. Nah, Rashad takes too many risks. No, but so McCourty and TJ Ward. TJ yes. Ward never gets love. No, and it's ridiculous. You know, we TJ. Did, we w- talked about him last year. I, yes, TJ Ward is phenomenal. Now, he's going to call him a Gronk stopper. He's going to have time. every now and then catches on him because they ask him to like. It's it's the game the other day. It's uh, it was like third and eight. And they got T.J. Ward man up on T.Y. Hilton. Like, there's no other safety in football you would ask to cover him except for Devin McCourty. So their ability to do that, their open field tackling is amazing. So that's where you got to look like stats. Like, I know PFF had like, T.J. Ward was like the 20th ranked safety this week. Great. I don't really give a damn. He's doing things that no other safety in football is asked to do, including Earl He was Thomas. ranked 20th because he gave up the catches. Oh, he, they, they targeted his guy he covered six times, and they got five completions. Yeah, okay, but he's like – it was like a bunch set where he's, he's covering the, the inside guy of the bunch, and it's a pick play, and they got a four-yard completion. Whoop-dee f***ing do. Mm. Yeah, there's Time my, code that. Time code that one. Uh, I'm looking over everything right now. I'm gonna, I want to talk about kind of picks right now because I'm a little bit proud of myself. Can I just ask one question real quick before we go on to this? Yeah. How is Seattle favored by 10 points this week? Because I know the bookies are smart, but I just don't understand. I think, um, one, look, I want to pick San Francisco to win that game, but it's in Seattle. 
they're desperate, they just lost, and they typically bounce back well from a loss. And I think that people are underestimating what Blaine Gabbert is capable of. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Because I think Blaine Gabbert, when you watch the Carolina game, number of throws outside the hash where you go, that's a really good throw. The touchdown to uh, Torrey Smith, really good throw. Now, every now and then, like to end the game, he threw a pick that Luke Keekley took. It's like you don't throw it in that situation. But Blaine Gabbert's Gabbert's (laughs) ability to run – gives them a chance in that game. Yeah. He can run faster than Russell Wilson right now, and you need that against the Seattle team. Um, I, I think, like, look, there's a number of, of lines where I go, people still don't get it. The fact that I think Dallas is only favored by seven against Brian Hoyer, I know that he disagrees with me a little bit. I took Dallas. Yeah, but I just think that, you know, people, are, they're not ready to annoy. I mean, like, Green Bay's getting seven and a half against Detroit. Detroit is statistically better than him in, in a lot of categories right. and can put up points. Detroit last week had 20, excuse me, I think 17 penalties, had three touchdowns called back by penalties. They could have won that game by 21 right. points. Right. They had five offensive pass interference calls. I, well, it goes five. back to like what we just heard with Dan. Like, you know, they just, it, and I'm not taking any disrespect to Dan, but just people think like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. The offense will get it figured out. No, he is the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Physically, Explain. he can overcome this crap. So there were times where I said, hey, Chris, though, he did miss that open guy, yes. and I like your theory. Well, it's not a theory. I mean, these are things I've experienced. If I've talked to my father about this. If I talked to other great quarterbacks, they would say the same thing. It's a little bit like Andrew Luck at times last year. When you're asked to carry the team on every freaking play, and you drop back ten times in a row and read number one and read number two and read number three are covered like a blanket. Not like, oh, there's a little window to fit it in there. Like, no, there's nowhere to throw the ball. And then you have to do a cartwheel and a jump rope and a flip and dodge nine people to find a completion. That 11th time you drop back to pass, the second read's open, you're a little flustered. You're not seeing the field quite the same way because you've had to change the way your game goes. You have to go through three reads really quick. Also, look at the line to make sure I'm not about to get like blasted at the back of the head. Yeah. So it's too much pressure on their shoulders. It's just it is very similar to Andrew Luck, and, and when it's I, very hard to play the position that way. You you take you take a lot of offense to this because I think it's something that people look at stats and stuff and they blame it on someone, but there's a bigger picture that no if way. you're not rewatching the game, you're not seeing it. No doubt. And I think you factor this in, Randall Cobb is a good football player, but he never gets separation. No. He's never gotten separation. No. Jordy Nelson looks average. Yeah, he can't If run that, he right. looks like a possession receiver. Right. I even think that James Starks, someone that you weren't a big fan of, yeah. he looked slow this year, and he was the spark to Eddie Lacy. Right. I look at Jared Cook. Again, now I'm officially done with Jared Cook. <laughs> Richard Rodgers has never been fast. Uh-huh. And Brian Balaga is a, is a liability, and they have some shifting at center and guard. Yeah. They don't have good pieces. Their most athletic piece is unreliable, Devontae Adams. I talk- There's a reason why he targets Devontae Adams so much. He's the only one getting open. Yeah, right. The problem is he drops two or three. He does, games. right. And, and when he drops them, it's like it's like – He's barely open, and Aaron Rodgers makes the most unbelievable throw that hits him in the hands, but it's into tight quarters. I talk – this is not – listen, this ain't just my theory. You know I watch Green Bay a lot. I love watching Aaron Rodgers. It's fascinating. But my friends I talk to in football, coaches, front office people, we all make fun of Seattle and Green Bay's offense. We make fun of it. 
uh, on a weekly basis. And you're, not, and you're not talking about ineptitude or statistics. You're talking about you turn on the film and you go, they're running this play again. They're running this play for the fifth time in the first half. Oh, they're running this play again, and we've seen it 25 times in the first two weeks. I want to switch off to another popular team before we get into the picks and all that yeah. stuff, and we still have to do guaranteed to lose in top five quarterbacks. Right. The Oakland Raiders defense. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this because it's another very popular team. The Raiders love us. I love the Raiders. Yeah, we do. We're secret. But this is a team that we thought. You got Khalil Mack blossoming. Right. That defensive line and linebacker. You had Jihad Ward. You add Bruce Irvin. Uh, you go to the secondary. You had Sean Smith. You add Reggie Nelson. You draft Carl Joseph. We went ready for the playoffs. Right. First game of the year, you go. You know what? You faced a really creative offensive mind um, in, in a tough uh, Sean Payton in a right. tough environment. Right. Now, I still think they played a good creative mind in Kyle Shanahan, and they faced a very talented Atlanta team. Yeah, they played two of the five most creative offenses in football the first two weeks, and that's why I'm a little bit doubting the fact that I picked Tennessee to win, but I, 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 you're from what you tell me, the Raiders' defense is in disarray, and it might not be going away anytime soon. It ain't going away. And you know what, I, what convinced me of that when I w- did watch the Atlanta Raiders film, what convinced me is Kyle Shanahan, I mean, had the linebackers and safeties of the Raiders head spinning because they have to play too much man-to-man. And, okay, now you're the middle linebacker, and you got to play you got to play the Malcolm tailback Smith. man-to-man, right? Or you're responsible for the fullback. But now it's a, play, it's a fake run play to the left, and you see the fullback go left, and you're trying to, oh, gosh, i got to get into my run fit. But now the, the fullback goes out the back door. Oh, I'm five yards behind him. I had to get my run fit, or Devontae Freeman would have ran for 40 yards. So they're way too overaggressive. They're really poorly coached on the back end. And they can bench all the players they want. Who they bench? Well, I mean, they, they've taken Sean Smith out in the first game. Yes. Uh, last week they took Ben Heaney out of the game, yes. as I'm watching. Uh, so, you know, th- they can play. Before it's all done, they're all going to be off the field except for Cleo And I'll Mack. tell you what, man. You're facing a team, now that you're saying this. The run t- game, the boots, all you're, that. You're facing really a team in Mariota with the read option that's right. going to take advantage of that. And I think this is the week that Derrick Henry explodes. See, this is what happens when you have a and, – and this is no disrespect to Ken Norton. This is just a fact of the matter. Ken Norton, really good coach. He was a great linebackers coach up there in Seattle. But sometimes linebacker coaches don't really understand all the coverage rules. This applies to the safeties and the corners. And to me, it looks like that is not being taught very well. And they yes. just said basically, you know what? We're not really sure how the Seattle scheme works out. Let's just play man-to-man across the field. One other thing I'll just say about that game, just watching it, the Raiders, I wrote in my notes, Khalil Mack, the best edge run defender in football. I mean, you almost can't run at him. I saw the play in the first quarter where he just slipped under the tackle, and the tackle just went, I, there's nothing I could do. It's, it's, and it's unreal. A six, it doesn't it's a, matter if it's a tackle, a tight end. I yeah. mean, it's, like, it's almost like, you know what, Khalil's over there, we're running the other way. He's that good. He's that good. Um, okay, so let's get to our Chris Quarter- Sims sponsored top five quarterback rankings. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is number six. Ryan Fitzpatrick is number six. I he only heard very, you say that. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a great week by him. It was, I think it was the, the best game of his career. It was. He probably had a game in Buffalo that rivaled it with like Peerless Price or some crap. <laughs> but this was probably his best game of his career. I, I would agree. I, I, it was really odd for me to see Ronald Darby put onto an island and embarrassed because I think Ronald Darby's a good player. Yeah. 
But is that just Buffalo and Rob just being? They're a little too aggressive with the man-to-man coverages as well. And when you throw the ball like Fitzpatrick did, and let's let's not forget, I mean, the Jets got some weapons. Let's say some this: Quincy Anunua is a baller. He's Brandon Eric Marshall. Decker is a baller, and Brandon Marshall is a baller. I would bet Brandon Marshall's not on the Jets next year, and I, I and Quincy Anunua's taking it over. He'll take that spot. He had a few catches where I went, that should have been a pick, and he got it. So that's number six. All right, let's go from five to one. Tom Brady not on this list, Patriots fans. Send us your emails at joshfendrick at bleacherreport.com. It's not my email address. All right, jfendrick at bleacherreport.com. Much better. We sent you about 5,000 emails over the past two years. All right, Uh, number five. Number five, we're going out to the desert. Yes, it'll be Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, yeah. Listen, their offense is creative, no doubt about it, but Carson Palmer's ability to push the ball down the field, third downs, hang in the pocket, make big throws. Yeah. You know, even really in both games, he's made a number of phenomenal throws in New England and last week against um, Tampa, Bay. Tampa Bay. I thought he started off the game a little bit sloppy, but that throw to Jerron Brown, the throws to Larry Fitzgerald, yes. the touchdown to Larry, the touchdown to Michael Floyd. Right. He's starting to get – the finger looks healthy. No doubt about it. All right, Carson Palmer, number five, number four. Number four will be my only losing quarterback of this week, and that's Derek Carr. I'm keeping Derek Carr in there. Derek Carr, uh, I'm just uh, – I'm amazed by a lot with Derek Carr because sometimes I just feel like, oh, maybe this is going to run – this. This run's going to end for some reason. But just his quick release, his ability to throw the ball from awkward positions, his ability to buy time yes. uh, is really unbelievable. And he's willing to take hits, too. Yes, he is. Uh, I, I, and listen, I like watching that Oakland offense. That Oakland offense has everything. everything. I would almost say they just got to – they got to expect to score 40 that's on a why, That's basis. why if you got Amari Cooper on your fantasy team, how about that Amari Cooper double pump catch? Unbelievable. That's a Down play the that – middle. It was a play that I started yelling in the studio when I was watching. Everyone's like, what happened? I go, Amari Cooper jumped, and then Sean Kemp double pumped and then caught it at a new higher point. You're, he did. He it was literally stayed in the air for like an extra split second. And even that, that Derek Carr, he's throwing that ball like off his back foot before Amari Cooper's even open. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 yeah, Amari Derek Cooper. Derek Carr, number four. Number three. Number oh, three. we're going with the old, can I say fire crotch, fire bush? We're going Carson Wentz, baby. Yeah, the new fire. Fly, Eagles fly. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, yeah, Carson Wentz, I, I can't say enough about a rookie quarterback, the way he's played in two games. And it ain't just like, oh, we're managing the quarterback. It's like. Damn, Carson, carry the freaking offense and get us down the field. To start off with a rookie quarterback in no huddle against a pretty good front seven of uh-huh. Chicago with Jarrell Freeman and Trevathan healthy and swarming, and for him to pick them apart, he's getting destroyed, though. Like, that one hit on the sideline. He spun <laughs> and, like, got killed by, like, Danny Trevathan. He popped right back up, though, after that hit. Well, he's he, a big sucker. And I, mean, I, I was wondering, what do you think that does mentally to the other team when, when you, you see destroy the, rookie the just, quarterback and he just comes up and he's going, oh, shucks, should have made that slant pass? Well, I, I, they realize it's a different animal. The one thing, uh, the biggest thing I'll say about that is teams are going to get done playing Carson Wentz and the defensive player is going to go, man. I respect I got, that. I got dude. respect. It's like Andrew Carson. Luck. Exactly right. I mean, he ain't sliding. Uh, he's a physical presence on the field. I asked this to Sims midweek, and I was expecting him to give me reality check, and instead he made me more insane. I said, I'm seeing a lot of stuff right now out of Carson Wentz that I remember thinking about Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck's a lot more talented, right? And Sims goes, No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah. Let's get over this one double A bullcrap, you know. 
great. He was 5-0 and against Division One teams. The physical so you ability. think Carson Wentz at this point of his career is as good as Andrew Luck when he was at this point of his career? I do. I think he's actually a little bit more dangerous as a thrower. I mean, Carson Wentz, that ball is on the screws almost all the time. Uh, and yeah, I've just been ultra impressed. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Andrew Luck, but his ability to throw the football – I do think is better than Andrew. He has a stronger arm. He has a little bit better accuracy as well. Uh, I also came away very impressed with Doug Peterson's play calling last I week. I agree. That yep. was not expecting that. My only thing is, can you not show all of your run scheme when you're up like 21 points? You know, sometimes it's good, though. And I think because then you could do another play off of that. Do other plays I just off thought, it, and I you just, make Pittsburgh, who's very good on defense, go. Question: Damn, we things. got all these things to prepare for. All right, good. Because so, I was thinking, you know what play I'm talking about? They faked the reverse and they right. gave it. And I said, I said that's a really good play to save for Pittsburgh. They got a lot of. They have a nice little formula on offense. They're Trey almost, Burton. They're Trey Burton, right? Trey Burton. They got a little. Uh, I almost say it's like Carolina Panthers ish. Good run scheme, you know, a lot of movement, some cool little screens. Yes, and that's you're going to watch Carolina actions. after this. Carolina, I've never had more joy watching games and seeing how they use offensive linemen right. and what they do in the running game. Right. All right, so Carson wins number, number three. Two. Number two. Number two, two, two is two, no surprise. I'm number. Two. 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 Who does number two work for? Number two is number seven, Big Ben. Big uh, Ben. Yeah. Ben. How was he in the Bengals game? I didn't rewatch it. Uh, Big Ben, the game was really about – D'Angelo Williams, of course, ran the ball well. But the thing with Pittsburgh weekly, and Antonio Brown dropped some passes, as you guys I'm sure all saw in highlights. But it, it's, the, it's the quality of the passes. It's not the quantity. It's like the five biggest passes of the game – Ben hits four of them, and they're for like 40 and 50 and 25 yards. Yes. And that's where they win the football game because of a huge big throw down the field to Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates caught the ball this week. Right. Sammy Coates is coming along a little bit. Yes. So uh, that, that's going to be an interesting little dynamic. That's going to scare the crap out of people because Sammy Coates, I, I still don't understand why, why does Brashad Perryman picked it in the top 20 and Sammy Coates wasn't. They were the same guy. In the fourth round. It's just stupid. I mean, Because when you watch Sammy Coates all the time, you see him drop all those balls. Nobody was watching Brashad Perryman. You know what I mean? Nobody was right. watching UCF. You're right. I think that's doing. probably very all fair. Right. And number one. Number one is number no one. shocker. One. It's no shocker because he's number one in our hearts and number one on the field. Garoppolo? Yeah. Is it? No. Oh. Cam Newton. Oh, scam. Come on. <laughs> scam. I mean, I, I don't even – I haven't, like I said, even watched that film yet. That's what I'm going to do as soon as we get done with this. But all I had to do was see the highlights. I mean – some of the throws are just phenomenal. It's What's so cool about it is he's still doing the giving the touchdowns away thing. Right. And now they got like a these, fight in the stands, right? There was this little kid. I took a gif of it. This little kid went under and started ripping the ball from the other little kid because now it's a problem. Now everyone knows it's happening. But Cam has um, a, a throw to Greg Olson that was a missed coverage that was like an 80-yard touchdown. But Kelvin Benjamin – in him when they get together after a touchdown right. and he just hit him and they're doing their dance right. but it's two six five six six dudes yeah. you go this isn't fair right. this is like if they took that in gym class you go no you two aren't allowed to be together Kelvin right. right. Benjamin looks so much better Cam is so confident with him and here we were last year talking about how awful their, their wide receiving core is but when you look at the Panthers right now and you really look at their roster their wide receiving core of Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches with Ted Ginn in the slot, and Philly Brown is now their fourth wide receiver. Right. At times last year, Philly Brown was their number one wide receiver.
receiver, Ted Ginn and, and Cam Newton. Cam Newton puts it in the bucket on the first drive, I think, first or second drive, and right. you go, how the heck did Ted Ginn even catch that ball? It's another guy. You see Ted Ginn getting really excited. There's a good atmosphere down there right now. Yes. Their defense is crazy, and Cam Newton was running the ball, and he was making people look stupid. I love him. I He's so too. good. I love him, too. I really do. And I, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but, I mean, yeah, I love everything about Cam Newton. And it's so I'm getting to kick out of it because he's he's like a household name in my house now. My little boy loves Cam. Still, still Cam, loving him. Can Can Newton? Can Can Newton? Can Newton? Man, what is that? Muyet? Uh, Muyet. You you fucking Muyet. That's awesome. That's what he was calling me for an hour awesome. and a half. On the way back All right, so Bowl. now it is time we're gonna do three teams guaranteed to lose, and then we're gonna do picks. Sims is six and zero oh and guaranteed to lose. By the way, bam, bam. I think I went four and one on our video last week, which. I mean, I can't believe we didn't do the video this week. I'm just should do it every week. All right. So the first team, guarantee, guaranteed to lose. I'm going off the cuff here because I'm really picking these on the fly. But the first team, the guaranteed, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Oh, actually, they don't circle the wagons. They are going to effing lose this week. Yes. To the mother freaking Cardinals. I, yes, they I are. Put, I put money on the Cardinals. No doubt about it. I, I, You know, listen, whether they cover the spread or not, I don't know. But I know Buffalo's losing. Uh, it's a scary combination with Tyrod Taylor trying to throw oh over four Mount Everest in the and, middle. And hey, and hey, Marcus Cooper is making freaking plays for no Arizona. They found this extra corner yes. on a trash heap. I don't know why Kansas City got rid of him. Well, Kansas City's got some good corners, so yeah. I guess they like the deal. All right, second team guaranteed to lose. Second team guaranteed to lose. Hold on a second. We did that last week, right? We did do that last week. <laughs> Guaranteed to lose. Number two, what you got, Chris? I am going to go number two. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I just feel good about Cleveland losing. There's something about Cleveland losing football games. Do you think we could see the Ryan Tannehill in the second half carrying forward the rest of the year? If Gase goes, yeah, we should no huddle a lot. I, I, I do. I do. I, I, first of all, Tannehill is a lot better than people give him credit for. it. You yep. know that. And I think we've talked about some of the concerns. Tannehill's just got to get off the first read especially early in the game. Get the offense going. Get the first downs. Get some cheap completions. I think hurry-up helps that offensive line, too. I would say the offensive line is not playing up to its potential. No. It's been very disappointing. Having said that all, uh, yes, Cleveland Cody defense, a little better. But, yes, it's Cody Kessler and no Corey Coleman. Very scary. And that Miami defensive line yes. is good. And Dominican Sue on a backup center is trouble. Is very Big trouble. scary. Little, little China. Little Cleveland. All right. Guaranteed to lose team number three. Well, this is a no-brainer. I was going to go with the Eagles, but I'm not going to go there. Okay. Because I don't think it's a guarantee, yeah. even though I like. I'm going with Chicago, Chicago. Chicken in the car, R won't go. That's how you spell Chicago. Hey. hey. Yeah. You don't even know that movie, huh? It's no, River I don't. Runs Through It. Brad Pitt. You ever seen River Runs Through It? I have not. I no. might. So I Great put movie. I put 640 bleacher bucks on that. Um, completely candid with the bets I've made in real life. Yes. I did a parlay with Arizona and Pittsburgh. You're doing a lot of gambling this year. I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to talk about how I'm doing. Uh, but I look at Chicago, Dallas, and it's seven points. And I've already—I don't know if I've already said this here. Chicago is missing Eddie Goldman, Lamar Houston, Pernell McPhee. Right. They might be without Danny Trevathan. Right. They have Bobby Hoyer. Bobby Hoyer. What's his name? 
Uh, What's his name? I'm Brian got, Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. You got me Bri- and Bobby Hoying. Brian Hoyer. Jeremy Langford is not good, and Bobby Massey is a sieve, and they're taking on a Dallas team that I think is underrated right now. I think that Dak is solid, and I think Zeke goes off. I like your guarantee to lose. Good Thanks. job. Thanks. All right, so let me just say this before we do picks. I said this to you guys before. I went online to the NFL picks, and of all the NFL experts, you are currently fifth. You're tied for second. You're 23 right, nine wrong. Man, that's, uh, that's – Number one is 24. In my – who was it? Who was one? Some guy. You're behind Andrew Lynch from Fox Sports, David uh, Dave Richard from CBS, Sam Farmer from the LA Times, and Vinny Iyer from But he's tied with a few of them, Sporting right? News. Uh, no, you're behind all those guys okay. are 24 and 8. So 24 and 8. I'm one doing picks. Back. I'm doing picks at home. Man. Some and of those one-point losses in week 1 hurt me. I yes. picked the Cowboys, I picked the Saints. Well, currently, I'm 27 and 5. You're on fire. But I do not want to like fully announce it, but here's the deal that I want. So make I'm just going to announce it on the podcast. No, because this is a safe space. Okay. Only my friends. Only we're Circle the top of trust. Yeah. trust tree. Trust tree. Top ten. Podcasts. I was wondering what kind of underwear she was if, wearing. Like, uh, like in the picks last week. Is it pink? Is it a thong? If I do really well, maybe it's something I've never even seen maybe, before. You never know. If oh, I do what? really I we well again this week, I'm forcing Bleach Report to start publicizing my picks. Good. Because we luck. we should. Hey, I'll, I'll hands down, hands down. I watch a lot of these bullcrap TV hosts oh, and all this. You're the best host there is in the Aww. business. Thanks, bro. No doubt about it. I love that. It. There's uh, nobody that knows more football than I'm you. I'm going to be honest. I was up till 2 a.m. looking at rosters. Well, I, you answered my text when I landed last night at like 1 a.m., so yeah. I knew you were up. Well, because I was looking at the fact that to hear Whitehead is having trouble uh, in pass coverage, and I was worried <laughs> that Randall Cobb in the middle of the field. <laughs> but no, me and Sims were talking about this. It is really hard when you're this in the weeds to pick games because you're like, but I do worry about that I worry dime about that quarterback. Three tech- <laughs> I, I really do worry about their backup tight end's ability to block that 3-4 end. Meanwhile, I'm over here picking games on momentum, who's got home field advantage. Well, I think the one thing that I would recommend to everybody is – after Listen you, to this podcast. No, no, this is one. But two, after you kind of go through, look at the rosters again. Yeah. Look at who the offensive and defensive coordinators again. Yeah. Figure out who is making the decisions. That's the big thing. I think you're right. Rosters and then look at the coaches. People forget yeah. about coaches. Because it's like, That's look, a matchup. Like, I look at it like, like Patriots-Texans is a game that like tonight, so people will have listened to this already, that I don't know what to do because there's so many things in play. Right. But in the end... I think Bill Belichick is is, is going to have his way with Bill O'Brien, and because I just think they're they're a little bit simple right now. And I, then I go, okay, the quarterback. I go, Brissett was very safe last week. Brock makes some dumb decisions, very dumb. And he's so anyway. Uh, pick some games. Picks from last week. So picks from last week. Yeah, guys, let's talk about this too. You guys both yeah. went three and two. However, uh, the two games you guys got wrong. So you both got Green Bay wrong. Yeah, Minnesota won that game. Lefko, you picked Kansas City. Sims, you picked Houston. So, Lefko, you were wrong on that one. Sims, you picked Washington. Lefko, you picked Dallas. Oh, Sims, you were wrong on that one. I can't one. get Dallas and Washington right. So, right yep, now, Sims, em. you are 6-5. and five. Lefko, you are 8-3. and three. And I could be 9-2. and two. I'm 0-2 with Dallas. So, I just want to say this. So, Sunday hey, morning. You know, I, this, just, this just in. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. So, give me enough with your code. No, she'd if. still be your aunt. We no, don't worry about no. gender specification balls, in 2016. she becomes my uncle. So, here's 
here's what – so Sunday morning, I see that both starting guards for the Chiefs are out. In my pool, I switch them to the Houston Texans, and I text Sims and Fendrick, and I go, hey, guys, can I switch my pick? And then, like, have Fendrick tweet it out. Fendrick responded, like, immediately. Don't worry. Already on it. Going to tweet out that you're changing your pick. Well, give and you two b- uh, mulligans a year. No. no That's your impression that. of me? And yes. Sims, Sims responds with his favorite phrase in football. If you've ever seen a quarterback overthrow a wide receiver on the sideline, he goes, never in the history, which means never in the history has a pass that bad ever been completed. Why are you throwing it there? Right. His He never responds to our Never in the history has a ball been completed out of bounds. Yes. So. so then Sims goes, never in the history. Never in the history has anyone ever changed their picks, which is just the fact of life. Right. So I prepared, and I've been looking at practice reports all week, <laughs> but it's it's hard. I mean, like – Look, injuries are a huge part of this of this game. Yeah, and I, but I also immediately, to my credit, said I don't need to you change it. You manned up. Yes. Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the. I appreciate it because so, I did think you were going to come back, and I was like on the way to doing my game, I was going to come back with like. Did we pick the same freaking games this week? So I don't have his picks, so oh. I'm going to get his. So he's going to have to go first every time because I've got your picks. Okay. So, but you think oh, that you so guys you can't use? Well, right. we literally picked every same spread on the spreads. We were all over it. All right. I just want to make sure. I mean, do you want to pull up my picks from our? I made picks on the site already. I just want to make sure I got them right. All right. I don't want to cross over. Eh, if you cross I over, I should it's remember. Fine. The podcast we operate separately. Okay, you're right. All right. So first, all right, game. Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. Well, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Come Pittsburgh. On. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Oh, there goes the gamester. I think Philadelphia. Um, I'm I'm excited to see how their defense stands up. The big name that I'm going to throw out there that I'm scared about. Uh, look, Eagles fans, I love you because I'm an Eagles fan. Jalen Mills. Let's see how he does. Yeah, well, it's it. it's, tough, it's a tough matchup for you guys too because you know we talk about Big Ben and Antonio Brown and we forget that. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh can run it down your throat with exactly. the best of them. And so. the Eagles have faced RG three. Jay Cutler and Brian Hoyer, and right. now they're going to face Big Ben. Yes. Washington at the Giants. Woo! I'm going Big Blue. Big Blue going to whoop that butt. Yeah. Me too. I am too. Yeah, I am. It's a tough I think, matchup. I think I would like, you know what? I want to see who Washington plays next week because I bet you they're going to be super quick. underrated. They are playing the Browns. Okay, so they're going to be favored. But um, – I think Washington's a good football team that's just played some good football teams. They've played Pittsburgh, they played Dallas, and they were beating Dallas, and then Kirk Cousins threw it away, and now they're taking on a Giants team that their front four gets enough pressure, and they can sit back there with those four great corners that you've talked about all week. And I think that um, the only thing I'll be interested to see is, look, Odell Norman. It's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And I'm so glad. I I didn't even know until today, until you guys told me, because I I was reading stuff yesterday. I was covering them all over the field. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's about time. You know, that's a cop-out by the the Redskins to this point. I don't know if it's Jay Gruden saying, like, all these storylines from the locker room, but whoever's leaking stuff in Washington, that organization is garbage. Yes, and I'll say this. You know, I've always been a little critical of Josh Norman with his man-to-man skills. He's been really good this year. Holy cow. Him on Des Bryant was impressive. It was very – I mean, he's just – he's a little – He's got a little more quick twitch in him than yeah, I thought. His I mean, body looks tighter, it too. It does. He is, he's balling right now. Denver at Cincinnati. Going Denver Broncos. I went Denver, too. Yeah. I think they're going to win it straight up. I do think they're going to win it straight up as well. I mean, th- I just don't think Cincinnati has the weapons right now. Right. They're, they're a little bit too – like just and their offensive line has Scary. been very disappointing. Scary. They got their butts whooped for the second week in a row, really, their offensive line. And – 
And uh, maybe it's because they played the Jets and the Steelers. It's right, but this well, but yes, this is you know, it, 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 this is the, just as good of a defensive line. It's the best one they've played yet. And and but it is hard when you have to play those kind of D lines to kind of get in a rhythm. You know, it's it's like yeah, that's a good offensive line, but it's hard to deal with that. Uh, the other thing I'll say. S- I hope the Dolphins win big because then they play the Dolphins next week. Right. So the Bengals have had to play Jets, Steelers, Broncos, three of the top eight teams in the NFL. Right. They're going to they're gonna destroy the Dolphins in week four. Yeah. Well, that, let's not get there yet. Sorry, I'm But excited. either way, and I haven't been all that impressed with the offense in general under Zampese. Yeah, relied a say. lot on Giovanni Bernard yeah. at the end of the game. Right. Minnesota at Carolina. Uh, I'm going Carolina, Carolina. Yeah. with the spread. In the win, either way, I know they're, what, seven-point favorites? Yeah. I just think it's a um, – I think it'll be a close game really throughout. I think it'll be like maybe 17-14. This is the perfect but line to late, express. People going, well, they stopped Green Bay. They can stop Carolina. Right. Different animal. Different well, animal. Well, Carolina was battling with the 49ers – Watch the game. It was all Carolina, right. and there's no Adrian Peterson. It's Sam Bradford with some tape on him now, right. and their only option is Stefan Diggs. Yeah. I know he had a big game, but Carolina, okay, put the linebackers underneath him. Trey Boston bearing down on him, right? They'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I have. A, yeah, and then, man, Sam Bradford took a We're whole lot of hits in his first game. Week. Last game, Jets at Kansas City. This might be different. I don't know what Sims is going to do here. Man. I really want to look up. I think up what you picked the the Chiefs, and my straight up, right? I think. I know. Can we look that up? Can you look that yeah, up real I gotcha. quick? I do think I. This is a really tough game to play uh, to pick. I do. I think I picked the Chiefs just because it's in Kansas City. On this website, it says you picked the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Good. So that's what I picked. I uh, picked the Jets. So you. we do have so a that's, difference. That's, that's our, our one difference. difference. Cool. Cool. I like it. I think it's gonna be a really good matchup. It's, it's gonna be. Why a, do you think? Because I look at the matchup and go. Uh, Kansas City's offensive line's banged up. Right. Jets' D-line is fan- phenomenal. Right. And I do not see Alex Smith being able to take advantage of Rivas deep. And then I think the other way around, just as well as the Jets are running the ball and the way that they're throwing the ball right now, I just think they're going to get some points. But I know it's a tough place to play. I'm not... It is a tough place to play. I, you know, hey, listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is, again, is going to have to make some yeah. throws. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Bob Sutton and that Kansas City defense, they've been a little more creative in the secondary this year. They're doing some interesting combination zone coverages. Their D-line is very good as well. The one thing that does a little concerning about Kansas City, there's not, there's not really a great pass rush. They're, like, solid off the edge with D. Ford, and Tom Bali comes in on passing situations. But there's no real threat there without Justin Houston. Uh, but I, listen, the Chiefs' offense, um, I think it. Uh, I think just the scheme itself, the creative running game, is going to be a pain in the butt for the Jets. I'm not totally the yeah, Jets. You're doubting keep, it. I hear it in your voice. Well, I'm with. I'm scared, with the Jets. I'm not scared. I'm not sold on Todd Bowles and the Jets' defensive system. Yeah. You've heard me say from the start. That's true. I mean, they did. Get they're cashed, not a little. Yeah. They're a little unsound at times. And and uh, oh, you're going to make this that's what worries me. No, but it's no, a good pick. No, you're good. No, all right. That's a that's a coin flip game. Uh, episode 81. Thank you so much to Dan Patrick coming on, uh, remembering my name and Sims talking about Aaron Rodgers' junk. Uh, good to have you back. You're going to be watching here on Sunday, right? I am. Okay, Me cool. And you. Uh, Let's Fendrick, get the crowd up, baby. You're invited. Let's go, music. Fendrick, you're invited to come back. 
Uh, thanks to Bleach Report for letting us have this office. Oh, Super they're nice so of nice. Of so us. nice. Hey, you guys are just the worst. Josh, yeah. I love you. Uh, to everyone that's been supporting us on iTunes, downloading, subscribing, you guys are awesome. Uh, subscribe would be cool. If you want to leave a review, that's great as well. We need some reviews. We need some more reviews. We have 19 reviews. Two of them are taking shots at us, and I don't like them. I don't like them. But thank you guys so much. We'll try to keep kicking ass and uh, keep talking football. Talk Pe- to you soon. Peace out, homies. <laughs>